Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. So welcome in, everybody. It's the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. And I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest, and he is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kellerman. Zach, you know, I noticed this the day Von Miller said it, but there was it was literally on the doorstep of a game, and so a few things got lost in the shuffle. And so I didn't end up getting the story up till today. And fortunately, Fangio addressed it Thursday, so that kind of helped grease the wheels. But did anybody notice in Von Miller's last individual presser that he kind of um, unveiled, for lack of a better term, was it Freudian? I don't know. Was it on purpose? I don't know. Vic Fangio's plan for shiny first-round pick Patrick Sertan II. And Zach Shocker, just like we've been talking about on the show, he's going to be used as a neutralizing, uh, basically a blanket over the AFC West tight ends like Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller. So he's going to be a matchup tool, which I love hearing. This is something I've been campaigning for because I think he is the perfect guy to take on that job. I think so as well. And, you know, if he's not going to be starting at cornerback because they're so rich at that spot, you might as well use him as a movable chess piece in this defense. If you want to guard a tight end, you can guard a tight end. If you want to guard a receiver, a slot receiver, you can guard a slot receiver. That's the beauty of PS2. He's out of the box, plug and play, ready to go from day one. He can contribute at any spot in the defensive backfield that you put him in. So I... I it's no secret, Chad. I think when they drafted him, everyone, including you and I, everyone in Broncos country, everyone in the media kind of knew they have to combat the Kelseys, the Wallers of the world. They have to solve that Achilles heel that's plagued them for, what, five, six years now? They haven't had that presence in a defense, and now they finally do. So it's not really ideal, maybe, that your best player is giving away the game plan for your one of your best players going into week one, but it's no 
it's no secret. I think this was one of the worst kept secrets in the NFL as soon as PS2 became a Bronco. And I think that in part kind of explains when Fangio was asked about it straight up by Denver Press on Thursday, he just addressed the elephant in the room and acknowledged it. He said, quote, it's possible, but it depends upon what coverage we're in and how we plan to match it up on each and every week. He's true, Vaughn, in what he's saying and accurate, but it may not always be that way. So he threw in at least one caveat there, Zach, to uh, hopefully make his counterparts across the division and the NFL for that matter sit up a little bit at night wondering, is that what we're going to get from this PS2 cat? Because look, he was already a high profile first round pick, big, biggest school in the SEC. You know, this dude's reputation preceded him and will have preceded him long before he takes the field against the Giants in week one. But then you add to that his first NFL game, <clears throat> pardon, granted it was a preseason game, but the dude snatches a pick six, takes it to the house. He's officially on the NFL's radar squarely now, so it will be interesting. But, Zach, you know, the whole tight end thing, this has been a lament of Broncos country. I know you've been on the beat since, what was it, 2016, right? That's right. So this has been a lament of Broncos country dating back even prior to Super Bowl 50. This was something Broncos fans have commiserated over and complained about for nearly as long as I can remember, no lie, but at least since about the beginning of the Manning era. It's wild when I think about it. I haven't seen a Broncos team since I've been covering them that can cover a tight end. You know, Danny Trevathan, an inside linebacker, was the closest thing they had to a pass-covering matchup, you know, opposition threat for a tight end like a Kelsey or a Waller or back in the day a few years ago, Hunter Henry with the Chargers. It's a passing league now, though. And I think Fangio, being a gamesman, he doesn't want to affirm what Von Miller said. But again, it's common knowledge in the NFL. When you're already set at cornerback, and you take the best corner in the draft that you necessarily don't need, he was, you could say, kind of a luxury pick, you're going to use that luxury to your advantage. And whether that's one down a game or 100 snaps, 100% of snaps every game, PS2 will help the Broncos this year. Guys, we hit goal on Facebook. I know our stars over on Facebook and our supporters have been dying to know, did we hit the goal? We crossed the goal. Remember, when we left you Thursday night, I said to you that one of the last things I said was, I'm pretty sure that we hit gold tonight, but we won't know for 24 hours. And then, of course, Huddle Up Pod, we weren't on Friday night. Saturday night, Mile High Insiders, Friday night, Dove Valley Deep Divers. I was traveling for the holiday weekend. And so we didn't really, until now, have a chance to really show you how that shook out. Zeus, Zeus. finished right at, <clears throat> right at the top. Not the top, but right near the top. Zeus, love you, bro. Here's how I'm going to show you guys the how we finished on stars. I'm going to show you who finished in the, in the top 10 seating. But I want to explain to you that this week, well, it'll probably be Wednesday we'll do it, all right? We're going to do the raffle to reveal the winner, select the winner. It's going to be totally random. I'm going to have my uh, little labor workers, a.k.a. my daughter and my wife, create some tickets, some tags, names in the hat, and then we will draw the name out completely random and it's going to be based and broken down on however many stars someone put in the more stars they put in the more tickets they're going to have in that hat so to speak and it's going to start at 500 stars so if the contribution if if a person's contribution was less than 500 stars they're not going to have a ticket in the hat but 500 i mean everyone almost everyone who is really trying to contribute to that goal that I can think of is well over that so everyone should be fairly represented when we do this drawing but Zach get a get a load of this 
here's how now, you know, we're now a few days past it. So we're well over. Uh, but we, we rocked it. We rocked it with room to spare. We were wondering, Hey, are we going to hit it in time for the season opener? Crushed, crushed with a week and change. I mean, almost a week and a half before the, the, uh, regular season opener. So we are going to raffle off that Von Miller Jersey. No, it has not been purchased yet. Here's why. I don't know what size that person, whoever ends up winning it. We don't know what that person's size is. So we're going to wait to make that purchase, have it shipped direct to you uh, as soon as we know who the winner is. And then Zach, we've got our special little MHH gift that's going to go along with it. Plus we will announce a few little uh, consolation prizes to the people you're about to see who finished in the top five. But could you believe we hit it that, that much room to go before the opener? I can believe it. I mean, Broncos country never lets me down for a minute, a second, Chad. And, you know, yesterday we had a tweet that we were, again, number one in Fan Nation, number one in Sports Illustrated for what, how many months in a row now is it? Nine. Nine months. You could have had a baby in the time that we haven't been number one <laughs> atop of SI. And that, guys, is not a credit to us necessarily. It's a credit to every single one of you. So I'm not surprised at all. You guys are literally incredible. And whoever gets the jersey and our little gifts is very, very much deserved. All right, so let's take a look real quick at the final tally. All right, here, here's what it looks like. Leaderboard, Randy Jones, Leapfrog, and then some, Zeus McPeak. Wow. And this was one of those, this was like a quintessential, <clears throat> pardon comeback me, fourth, story. <laughs> fourth quarter comeback. This was like an Elwayan, Elwayan? Elwayan comeback by Randy Jones because Zeus was comfortable. He was Cleveland Browns 1986 AFC Championship game confident that he had this thing sewn up no really if Zeus was trying to finish number one by the way I'm sure Zeus would have made sure to finish number one for what it's worth but Randy two minutes left to go ball on the two homeboy crossed he broke the plane Zach he crossed the pylon he's number one so Randy love you my friend really appreciate you Zeus right there at number two Andrew Lampy finishes three that is phenomenal that look is phenomenal that. look at uh, that though Chad we have a number four contestant a new name Yes, this is Mrs. This is a Mama Muti. All right. Now, I don't want to read the name, okay? Because the name here is not actually Mama Muti. It's a long story. It's the sister or the daughter. I don't know. But this is Mama Muti throwing up some stars to support. So she's definitely in the running. Michael finishes number five. Wow, Howie freaking day, freaking number six. Frick yeah, Travis Weber number seven. Love you, bro. Simon Weeby at eight. Travis Tarbox nine. Gary Leeds Palmer, the legend himself at 10. And then I'm going to read just these last couple names, all right, uh, from Andrew Baker at 11, Sean Miller 12, Butch Butch 13, Claude at 14, Pete at 15. I mean, you guys can see here, everyone that's got at least 500 stars toward the goal, you got a ticket and then some in the hat, okay? Now, before we move any further, guys, we're going to get to content. I promise, trust, bear with us just a, a moment longer. We were so... Um, just tickled to see the response we got from our Facebook community. But at the same time, toward the end of our, our push there, Zach, we started feeling like that our OG ride or die super chat superstars were, were being a little bit left out in the cold, right? Like we weren't getting it. They weren't getting as much of the love as we're talking about the contest and being in the running for this. Like this fellow right here, Chris Hernandez, who's a legendary 25. Is it 25, Chris? 25 year vet of the United States Air Force. If I got my number wrong, just know that, hey, I love you. You said, my football preset has been too long for me. I'm excited for the season. Let's go. Click those little thumbs up. Hey, thank you, Chris. I, Appreciate I, you. 
I, I think, Chris, now more than ever before, thank you so much for your service with everything going on. I think it's 24, 25, whatever it is, Chris. Thank you so much, and we definitely appreciate everything. Perhaps that it is done. 21, but I think it's more than 21. He usually throws up symbolic supers, right? But real quick, back to what I was going to say. We are going to have Super Chats involved in this drawing, all right? We have, um, but it's going to be a separate thing. Moving forward, each and every month, we're going to be doing this only. Zach, these goals and these giveaways and the raffles are going to be combined so that Facebook doesn't ever feel like they're left out. YouTube doesn't ever feel like they're left out. Everyone is striving towards the same goal. And of course, along the way, it helps keep the lights on here at MHH. So stay tuned for that. Keep the stars coming. Keep the supers coming. Wednesday night after we do the drawing, we will officially unveil what this month's contest and raffle is going to be. And everyone can have a lot of fun uh, working toward that. But thanks. So look at that. Look at the gamesmanship from the from the founding father of the podcast, Zeus McPeak himself, now number one anymore, knocked off his throne, at least temporarily. And yet he still is nice enough to say nicely done, Randy. You are the best, too. You are the best, Randy. You are the best, Chris. You guys, every single one of you out there. No BS. You guys are truly the greatest. Thank you. And for what it's worth, Zeus might have finished number two in this particular contest, but need I remind the community, if you peer up, all right, squint, grab some binocs, and look, that first face etched on MHH Superstar Mount Rushmore is Stuart McPeak. We know this, all right? It is doctrine. All right. Did I, did I cut you off? No. All right, my bad. Um, little audio thing, and I think that's because I just switched over from Facebook. Okay, guys, we're going to get back to content now, all right? First thing, Zach, as I was traveling home today in a mighty rush to ensure I would be here in time to join you for this stream and join our great community, you published a story about Jerry Judy. Talk about yeah. that real quick, and I'll pull it up. Well, basically, Fangio was asked, what are your expectations for Jerry Judy? Now in a sophomore season, year two, you know, returning with the full supporting cast, continuity with Pat Shermer and the offensive scheme. He looked really good in training camp, but basically Fangio said, and this is big for Fangio, he expects, not hopes, expects a, quote, really good year from Jerry Judy. And it seems like the Broncos and Jerry Judy's connection with Teddy Bridgewater, it seems like he's inching toward wide receiver one status, at least in the short term. I also had another story that went up recently, Chad, that Cortland Sutton will be on a pitch count in week one against the Giants. That kind of coalesces with Jerry Judy stepping up as the number one wide receiver. Vic Fangio talked about the amazing summer that he had, and it was quite amazing. No drops that I can remember, Chad. I mean, brutal drops, you know, 100% on him. Uh, he, he was dynamic. He was breaking ankles like usual. His route running is still top-notch. I think the Broncos and Fangio are expecting a really quantum leap forward in year two. And for Fangio to go on record and expect a really good year, I think that speaks volumes. Amen. Amen. And, you know, I think uh, I think the NFL is going to remember really quickly who Cortland Sutton is. I think he's going to come back with a vengeance. Yeah. And there is a great article that Thomas Hall, you guys have met Tom. We've had him on the show a few times. He's kind of who we lean on here at MHH when all things Hall of Fame and all things analytics. And he put out an article not too long uh, ago. You can find it just if you just Google Cortland Sutton. ACL recovery analytics or study or something like that. You'll find it from us. But the gist is based on his age and based on the last few years uh, in the, in the progress of modern sports medicine, 
he falls into that category where his odds are pretty good that he can not only bounce back to being the player he was, but perhaps even better than, than ever. So I'm stoked on Sutton. I'm stoked on Chubb. But as Michaela points out here, Simon, hey, dude, appreciate you, my brother. All the stars, the sport, super chat. We got to know Simon for the first time as a super chat superstar. Now he's supporting as well on Facebook, so appreciate you, Simon. Um, Zach, Michaela brings up a concern here, and I know this was something that uh, I think it was Nick and Eric brought up or talked about last night in case anyone missed it. Uh, But Noah Fant, Bradley Chubb, are they hurt? Well, Fant's been struggling with a little something-something. Chubb, they're still just being careful with him because of the ankle procedure he had. Again, Zach, I'm always going to question why they waited till May to go ahead and have Bradley Chubb go under the knife, so to speak, to have an issue fixed. The very issue, might I remind everybody, that kept him out of the final two games of the 2020 campaign. So it's not like this was something that just popped up. Oh, got to take care of it. This was something that they hoped would kind of go away with some rest and recovery. And when it didn't, back under the knife he went. I don't think either of the injuries, based on what I'm hearing, based on reading between the lines of what Fangio has said, Zach, I don't think either injury to Fant or Chubb are serious enough to garner any true concern within the fan base, and I think you're going to see both in New York. Yeah, for sure. I think Fangio even said that both are going to play, but you have to wonder, obviously, you talked about Bradley Chubb's ankle and the surgery, and I'm right there with you. That was a mistake, and we called that out in May, and then in the months since then, Chad, since the surgery, I think Denver regrets that now. If you just bite the bullet early, he would have been perfectly fine by now. The thing about Noah Fant, though, is he's a dynamic talent and all. I I still think, obviously, perennial Pro Bowl talent, but he has been dinged up in recent years. Lower body injuries, ankle sprains. You wonder how he's going to hold up, if he can hold up for a 17-game schedule. Excuse me now. Um, Then, behind Noah Fant, the other worry is Albert O's coming off a season-ending injury, so you have to really pray this tight end group is as healed as we hope they are and Fant can stay as healthy as we want him to be. But no concern for right now. We just have to knock wood. No aggravation, no setback in the time until September 12th. Travis, good to see you as well. Hope you've had a great Labor Day weekend thus far. And I'm sure a lot of the great members of our listening community, Zach, who are even with us now, are actually listening to this on some kind of vacation. Oh, my gosh. I just, I, My jaw just about dropped. Scott, wow. did you see that, dude? Oh Holy smokes. Kayla. The hinges of my jaw are busted, are busted. What do you say to that? I don't know. (laughs) Nothing to say. Speechless. All I can say is, Michaela, it's very moving that you would support us like that. And it's not the first time that you've been so generous. Maybe it's the first time you've been that generous, but you're generous every single podcast. And look, I don't say this to, you know, pat myself on the back at all, but like uh, the reason why um, my daughter's telling me, you know, with an hour to go, daddy, I need to go. I need to stop. I need to use the restroom. I'm like, honey, we're moving, baby. We got to get home. The superstars are waiting. All right. That's no lie. You know, you know, you can talk to my wife. You can talk to any of my sons, you know, my my whole world, Zach, revolves around being here for y'all at 6 p.m. Mountain time four nights a week. And so Michaela, this support makes me feel like, okay, I'm not a bad father. I'm just joking. I'm not a bad dad. I'm, I'm a relatively decent dad, but thank you so much. Wow. I don't know what else to say. I just, Nothing you know, to. we love you. We can't wait to see you here in just a couple more weeks. 
We can't wait to thank you in person, Michaela, at the MHH meetup in week three. That is, you know, I'm looking at it right now in front of me, and it's surreal. The support that you show is so above and beyond, but this is a new level, a new tier, a new stratosphere. Michaela, there's no words. I can have two that I offer up right now, which is thank you. That doesn't do it justice. You are the Duchess. You are the greatest. Thank you so, so much. That's amazing. The individual record wow. for the biggest super, uh, super chat on our show or on our channel was held for wow. a long, long time by BG, a.k.a. Brian Greenfield. Freaking Zeus, football is about here. Yes, it is, my friend. We can't wait. We can't wait. BG held the record, which was $400. I mean, that's a lot of money. He held it for about 18 months. And then it was shattered by D-Dub, Dale yeah. out in Hawaii, who we're going to see here in a few weeks along with Michaela um, and so many of you. Then it was matched by Mark Langley. And now it's been matched by Michaela. And I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong on this, that's the maximum super that YouTube yeah. will allow. Thank you so much, Stu. Love you, my dog. Michaela, love you. Thank you. Chris, love you. All of you who have supported us and continue to support us, we, we just we love you. I'm still at a loss, and I, I we're, we're saying this totally genuinely. This is not disingenuous. I mean, we talk about this all the time, how lucky we are, how fortunate we are, and just your support, guys, just your interaction alone pushes us forward to keep going, to do more, to debut new products and new shows and new merchandise, and for Chad to ignore his daughter's bladder and, and race <laughs> home to make the podcast. You guys are incredible. Seriously, thank you so much. All right, let's get back to some conversation here from wow. Brandon. He wanted to know. Uh, um, oh, hold up. Let me find it real quick. Uh, Brandon, aka Bama Broncos, thank you. He says, How do you think Pat Shermer will use the tight end? Well, Zach, I hope he'll use the tight end um, more aptly. Like, I hope he's more. Um, I hope he's more in the moment and recognizing truly the embarrassment of riches he has at tight end. I mean, no offense. First of all, even if that was the only tight end worth talking about on your roster, it's no offense. Like if no offense had been these past two years catching passes from, I mean, even Derek Carr, he'd be a pro bowler already. He'd be possibly replaced, having replaced Darren Waller as an all pro quarterback instability, right? Uh, nursing along. First of all, his rookie year, he caught passes from three different starting quarterbacks. Last year, he had to do three again, even because Drew got hurt. And then Drew, who was learning on the job, this is the year I think that all comes together for Noah. And not just because you're getting a more steady, right? A more, um, you're getting a veteran quarterback who knows how to butter his bread, right? And, but it's not just Noah, Zach. Albert Okaway Boonham, plus Eric Saubert looked like the truth in the preseason. Yeah. We'll see if he can carry that momentum into the regular season. But nevertheless, my answer is this I hope, I don't know. I'm not going to talk X's and O's. We can talk about 12 personnel and how much they're going to run two tight ends on the field and all that. I think they will quite a bit, to be frank, because they cut the fullback loose, Adam Prentice. What I care about is, do you recognize the rare talent you have in Noah? Do you recognize the rare talent you have even in Albert O? If so, make sure there is a point of featuring them in the game plan, not just in the first quarter, exactly. not just in the fourth quarter, <laughs> throughout the game. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to defend Pat Shermer for one second, and I'm going to need a shower. It's going to feel disgusting. There's so many mouths to feed in this offense, and for any coordinator in any NFL team, in any system, it would be tough to placate Sutton, Judy, Hamler, Noah Fant, Tim Patrick, 
And then Albert O. And then the, the running backs, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, that's a lot of balls to go around, only a few targets that can get them per game. That being said, though, and that's probably the last time I'll defend Pat Shermer, you can't ignore a perennial Pro Bowl talent, which everyone knows or thinks Noah Fant can be. I mean, he's demonstrated when the ball's in his hands, he can be that new age type of Darren Waller, that new age type of top 10, maybe top five tight end. You can't, I mean, you, you nailed it. In the, in the first game last year, for him to lead the team in the first half in receiving and then get one target his way in the second half, and that target was on the final drive of the game, that's a Pat Shermer problem. So I don't want to hear about the quarterbacks. I don't want to hear about anything else. Pat Shermer has to recognize that Noah Fant's alive, Noah Fant has a pulse, and Noah Fant is a damn good player. Everything else is secondary to that mindset. Shout out to these stars. From tonight, our superstar senders so far on Facebook. And guys, all these stars, trust me when I say, the previous goal is in the books, but we are, there will be a new goal each and every month. All right. So these stars, in other words, what I'm trying to say to you, and including the supers, aren't being wasted. They will count toward the goal that we will unveil on Wednesday. And Zeus is at the top, unsurprisingly. Super chat, stars, we love Stu. Stu, are you going to be there on the 26th? I don't remember if we got resolution on if we're going to be able to see Zeus. And he's a busy man. He's got a life and a career. So if not, we understand, but we hope to see you. Michael, same question to you, my friend. And thank you. Simon, I know you're up there north of the 49th parallel, but if you can make it down all right, to the States, that would be rad. Aaron Johnson, Travis Weber, it'd be cool to meet you as well, bro. And Andrew Morrow, it'd be great to see you guys. Thank you for the stars. Thank you for the support. We will be checking in the chat for any specific comments, questions that you need us to grab, including this one here from Aaron. Will you please wish my wife, Brittany, a happy birthday? We are lifelong Broncos fans living in the Pacific Northwest. Go Broncos, MHH. Zach? Very happy birthday, Brittany. Thank you, Aaron, for tuning in with us tonight. And uh, go Broncos. One more week, guys, until the Broncos are 1-0. This time next week, we'll be celebrating a Broncos victory. Shout out indeed to Brittany. Hope it's been a happy birthday. Replete with wonderment and mirth mike good to see you buddy good to see you michael where are you bro i mean i don't want you to like don't be putting your address in the chat all right i'm curious where you're at geographically i don't think i know but so if you are able to make it september 26th to the mhh tent the meet and greet that would be dope big kevin peterson all right just wrecking shop in florida what's going on kp it's good to see you bro hope you've been well hope your family's doing good appreciate the super one more week. Joshua Hickey, that's a newer name, as far as I can tell, Zach, on Super welcome. Chat. So welcome, Joshua. Thank you. Connect with us on Twitter. We'll show you how to do that. He says, I wish P.J. Locke was getting more attention. He's been all over the field, a sure tackler, and he plays downhill. Also, the uh, yeah, he used the Oxford comma. Very very nice, Joshua. <laughs> yeah. A K-Jax K- replacement. <laughs> uh, you know, let's not put the let's, – let's not um, – jump the shark here i like that he found a way to stick i honestly thought he was going to unseat the fifth round pick jamar johnson but they ended up wanting to you know give jamar time to percolate and marinate because he got a late start to camp but pj logzak he couldn't be denied he is an exciting young player and uh you know you're not going to see him much except for on special teams now that we get to the regular season but i think if the broncos have their druthers it's Justin Simmons and Caden Stearns for the long haul. Yep, nailed it. I think P.J. Locke is a great uh, kind of 
unheralded success story with Vic Fangio. He kind of reminds me of Deshaun Williams, a player that hung around and hung around and hung around and is finally starting to realize his potential in this defense. Um, I, I like what he brings to the table, but I always thought Jamar Johnson would be the replacement for Kareem Jackson, but now I'm seeing that Caden Stearns is a little ahead of the curve as a rookie, and I think it's a matter of when and not if Stearns is a starter, maybe by midseason. Um, by the way, Michaela, if you wouldn't mind, my friend, uh, shoot us. We might already have this information, but just so that we don't. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Don't uh, miss anything or have to lurk and not find it and delay. Shoot Zach or myself a DM or an email, even better, milehighhuddle at gmail, with your address. We want to send you a little thank you for uh, just set, tying a record. You're now one of a trio that own the record, so... We got to we got to send you a little swag, a little thank you. That in and of itself is worthy of such a thing. I mean, you're worth. Take everything in the office. Here's a Peyton Manning bobblehead. <laughs> Here's freaking John Elway, uh, Champ Bailey. Anyway, do that for me, Michaela. Uh, Nugmaster here says, "What's up, Chad and Zach? I don't agree with giving up Trinity Benson for a fifth, nor giving Ronald Darby so much money, or signing Mike Boone to a deal that could have kept Lindsey around." Peyton equals questionable. Hey, wait a minute. Is this the burner account for the blood of the city? 
Hold up now. <laughs> oh, Chad, careful. You guys hear about that? Mr. Johnny Bolin. Golly. Where's we Vance when you need him? We can't even repeat what this dude published Disgusting. on Instagram that was then deleted, and you can find it on Twitter. He needs help. All over the place. But he straight up came at George Payton, talked a boatload of smack, lots of uh, naughty words that you, you know, not safe for work type stuff. So anyway, back check that out. We we haven't covered it at MHH just because you know that's what he wants, right? That's what that's that's what uh, the blood of the city probably probably wants. So, but what's your answer to him? And Randy, if you can't make it this time around, don't worry. There will be other opportunities for meet and greets. But dude, love you. Really appreciate you up there in Alaska. You the man. Well, you know Peyton was never going to bat a thousand. There's always going to be moves that you question, and I'm actually in agreement with you. I think it was you had Boone on there, uh, you had Ronald Darby on there. Those are questionable moves, but I never liked the idea of getting rid of Philip Lindsay. But they got a guy. I wasn't. I knew nothing about Mike Boone, but he impressed me this summer. And and Philip Lindsay plays for a new team now. I, George Payton did a lot more good than bad in, in a few short months as the Broncos GM. He walked into a really difficult situation, taking over a rudderless team with a, no ownership, an outgoing CEO, an outgoing president slash GM, and he remade the culture. And I think he's working well with the coaching staff that he chose to keep around. I wouldn't label him questionable. No GM is perfect. Even Bill Belichick has made so many mistakes as the GM of the Patriots. It's bound to happen. You can nitpick all you want. About Benson, you know, they got better value. I want to point it out again. They got better value for a number five receiver than the Jaguars got for Gardner Minshew, a quarterback. So when you look at the trade through that prism, that's actually really good GMing by George Payton. I'm not wild about keeping Deontay Spencer over Trinity Benson. I think Benson is a type of player like K.J. Hamler who can win you a football game. That's a deep threat waiting to happen, and if they had a quarterback that was starting that had the arm, you can get him the ball. So you can nitpick, but I think George is batting about, I don't know, I'd say about 350 this this offseason. Hey, Ronnie, appreciate you, buddy. And by the way, uh, the thing that you and I have been communicating about, I just realized, you know, as you know, I've been out of town. I'm not going to be able to get to that uh, P.O. box till Tuesday. So just so you're not waiting for me to to reply, uh, everything's closed today. Everything's closed tomorrow. So hopefully, hopefully you uh, you feel me on that. Uh, Joseph wants to know what color the jersey is going to be that we give away for Vaughn. Hey, that's to be determined. That's going to be up to the person who wins. All right, they'll they can decide what color they want. Doesn't make any difference to us. Right? We want the the winner to just be stoked. Um, okay. Let me see here really quick. I want to just kind of peruse down here through some of the comments here. Uh, Zeus, this is very kind. My friend, he says, you guys are guys put on the best pod and we want to make sure you stay here. Keep on rocking. Hey man, we, uh, we really do appreciate that. That's very kind. Very nice to hear. And it is exactly why we, uh, you know, it's not like we're making great sacrifices to be here. This is what we choose to do and love to do and are blessed. And I mean, we are very fortunate to be able to do this, but it's like today I really was being a little too hasty in my uh, poor planning on my part, but I was visiting family lingered a little too. Probably should have scheduled that brunch for a little bit earlier in the day so we could hit the bricks uh, a little bit sooner. So I'm not in a rush here. Uh, Jeremy, why does Pat Shermer always have a, RBF 
other other coaches seemed juiced up to be there. Do you know what he's syntax translator? Uh, RBF. Let's see. Why does Shermer always have an RBF? Other coaches seemed juiced up to be there. Oh, I oh, see. resting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I never really noticed that on Pat Shermer. I'll have to look out for that now. That's uh, I don't know. Glad we didn't I never slip. Never really though. noticed that to be frank. I, I think he's kind of always come off as mostly affable. To be to be yeah. honest, in terms of his uh, pressers, lately though, and maybe he's just been reading his own press clippings. I, a lot of a lot of criticism coming out of year one, and in the same way that I don't completely uh, lambast Drew Locke for 2020 because of the pandemic and everything, I I hesitate to completely lambast Pat because he, I mean, even Peyton Manning said he he, he didn't get put to put hands on his uh, players until August as a first-year uh, offensive coordinator, to quote Peyton, that is crazy. So I give him a little bit of a pass on that, but he still has got lots of lots of criticism, and so I think he's maybe read some of that stuff because he's been a little bit more salty, I've noticed, this summer when, when he's been put in front of the mic. Yeah, I, I think affable is a good word. He's a little – how do I say this nicely? He's a lovable buffoon. Is that – I just feel like he's <laughs> – he got up there last year so many times on the podium and gave the most obvious cliche answers. It's like, how do you how do you expect to win the game, Pat? We have to score more points than the other team. That's the type of insight that Pat Schirmer will give you. I never saw RBF on him, but I'll be damn sure to look out in week one for that RBF. Shane says, <clears throat> pardon me, Shane, uh, appreciate you, brother. Superstar, super supporter on Facebook. He says, I think Peyton has done an incredible job given the circumstances and his draft picks were solid. See you all at the meet and greet. Stoked. Can't wait, my, my friend. Uh, Brandon jumping in again, Bama Broncos. He says, I will not be able to make the Jets game to meet everyone. Oh, that's a bummer, dude. Next one. Next one. If uh, Judy scores, what did he say? Judy Scorsese? I'm, I missed that one. Let me see. He says, if Judy uh, Scorsese you will hear me screaming from Al. Oh, if he scores, if he scores, right? Because he's Bama. Scorsese, dude, you might, your autocorrect is on point here. You're watching some Wolf of Wall Street. You're watching, you're talking to somebody about Goodfellas, right? Casino, Mean Streets. Great movies. The best. The Aviator. Fun coupons. Uh, Dennis Woods, a legendary superstar, distinguished in his MGH dad hat up in Michigan. Appreciate you, bro. Hey, guys, gone most of last week for my mom's 100th B-Day. Wow. Shut the front door. That is so cool. So cool. Great to great to have you here. And, hey, dude, when if you can't make it, sometimes you can't make it. And he's confident, looking forward to a great season. State of being indeed. You're one of our superstars that definitely exemplifies our little hashtag state of being. Speak of the devil, someone's ears must have been burning because we were talking about this cat not too long ago. Mark Langley in the house. Mount Rushmore, superstar. What's up, Mark? He says, what's up, my guys? Just seeing how y'all are doing. We're doing good. Doing well. We're doing good. We're doing better now that you're here, too. So, uh, And then we got Simon Weeby. Simon, confirm. Am I saying your name correctly? Is it Simone or Simon? No, I'm kidding. Weeby, right? Got me. Let me know. Who will be the week one player of the game? I'm dying to get back to Denver for a game, but uh, you know the restrictions are a pain. I, I feel you. I'll definitely make it work next year. Hey, no worries, bro. No worries. Uh, who will be the week one player of the game, Zach? For the Broncos, the week one player of the game. You know what? I'm going to go, and this is going to be a little off the reservation here. I'm going Javante Williams 
Because I think, and I talked about this on KK earlier today, and thank you for everyone tuning in with us uh, for KK. The Broncos running game is one of the three factors, and the other two that you can see on KK, for them to make the playoffs. It's the difference between going eight and nine, nine and eight, you know, and being a fringe wildcard team to stamping your ticket to the postseason. I think at least starting out while Teddy Bridgewater gets acclimated and Cortland Sutton's on a pitch count and all these new moving parts and Pat Shermer tries to call plays from 2021, I think they're going to lean heavily on Melvin Gordon and Javante. And based on the way Javante ran in the preseason, it's only a matter of time before he takes over as a starter. So I think they they ground and pound him. They wear him down. I think Javante goes for 85 yards and two touchdowns in a 21-14 Broncos win. I'm going to throw in... Jerry Judy, I think uh, as as much as I just you know talked up Cortland at the top of the show, I think it, he's going to be on a bit of a snap count, right? A little bit of a pitch count, and so I think the Giants are going to fully recognize that you know he's Judy's going to be featured in this offense, but I don't think anyone yet has fully re- uh, reckoned with the strides Judy has made. Like he's fixing to pop this year, and then. You know he's got a bond with Teddy. That's one of the things that we saw uh, this this summer. Um, Lawrence wants to know on Facebook, what are your thoughts on Eric Bieniemy becoming the next coach? Assuming Fangio doesn't make it beyond twenty twenty one, we like the idea. But Zach, I talked to a very knowledgeable source in Kansas City, and I asked why does this cat with the bona fides he has right. I mean, just being associated with Reed and or Pat Mahomes, people teams should be throwing money at this dude, no questions asked, you would think, right? But he's not got too many interviews, and the ones that he has, he just hasn't landed the jobs. Everything I've heard is he's just not a great interview. He doesn't impress people in the interview. Now, take from that what you will. My interpretation from talking to my guy was that he just doesn't try that hard to win you over in that interview yeah. like he's like here's my bona fides if you want to hire me killer here's what i do peace out let me know holler <laughs> you know and uh owners and gms and whatnot you know they're used to they're used to coaches basically saying what do you want me to you know i'll make my pitch and then hey what can i do to get the job and i don't think that's eric's gig but i like it i like the idea i want it to be an offensive-minded coach that comes next right. after fangio if he doesn't work out but I'm here to tell you right now, you know, I hope Fangio is here in 2022 because that would mean the Denver Broncos had a successful season. I really like the enemy. I mean, what's not to like about him? Uh, the thing is, though, we don't really know. Everyone has a type. We don't know what George Payton's type is. We've seen Elway hire head coaches, and I don't think he would have gravitated so, so, towards someone like Eric Bieniemy, we don't know what George Payton's proclivities are, and he could want a more quiet guy or a uh, a low key guy, a passive guy. I, there is some apprehension because you wonder how much is Mahomes, how much is Andy Reid, you know, how much is he really doing? It's kind of like Ed Donatel being the DC to Vic Fangio. What is Donatel really doing on that staff? I'm with you though. As long as it's the next head coach, a younger guy with an offensive mind, whether it's Brian Dayball, Eric Bieniemy, Kellen Moore, Greg Roman, that's the direction the Broncos have to go. But we're gonna find out really fast if or when the Broncos fire Fangio. What Peyton's type is? Michaela wants to know who will be the MVP. So if we're looking at this season, I had to predict who ends up being the best, most valuable player for the Denver Broncos. Man, there's so many. 
legitimate viable options. Um, but I think if this team is really going to take shape the way that the Peyton and Fangio hope, the MVP has to be Teddy Bridgewater. If it's not Teddy, if Teddy's not your, your most valuable guy out there on the field, that probably means it's more of the, you know, we're getting more of the same <clears throat> defense out there carrying more than their fair share of the water offense, you know, stinking it up. Uh, so I'm going to say it should be Teddy. I'll stick with that. I'm going to say it's going to be Teddy. I'm going to say it's going to be Teddy. Teddy will be the MVP. And he should be the MVP, Zach. He should if if he can, you know, play somewhat similar to a franchise quarterback. But if Denver is hoping that their MVP is going to be Teddy Bridgewater, a career journeyman, a hold-the-fort guy coming off a career season in which he threw 15 touchdown passes, I think they might be disappointed. When you stack the defense in Fangio's favor, how is one of your MVPs not Simmons, PS2, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb? I think the first name that came to mind was Simmons. I don't know why. I think he's just going to be the beneficiary of this secondary and getting a bunch of picks. I think he's in for a Pro Bowl season. The defense is going to be the backbone of this team. Not necessarily the quarterback, not necessarily the running game or anything else. It's going to be the defense. Fangio's baby. They have all the talent in the world. No reason why they shouldn't be a top five, if not top three, top two unit. So I'm going with Simmons for the Broncos MVP in 2021. All right, we got one here from Zebulon and then Lawrence Rivera next. Um, Zebulon, what safeties were kept? And then we'll do a quick update on stars tonight. They kept Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, Caden Stearns, Jamar Johnson, and... PJ Locke. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with Duke Dawson after he's able to come off the pup list. <clears throat> because I don't think the team views him in any way, shape, or form as a threat for defense, but he's been viewed of the last two years basically as a crucial special teams guy. Zach, real quick, Zeus, number one still on today's stars rankings, 6,000 stars. Michael still keeping it coming with 3,000 plus. Simon up there, 2,200. Randy with 1,000. Aaron Johnson, appreciate you. Shane Daniels as well uh, with 500. Travis with over two. Lawrence Rivera, thank you. Andrew Morrow, appreciate each and every one of you. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, we'll grab Christian here, and then I'll come back to my thought. Christian, good to see you, buddy. Hey, it's all good. He says, I haven't been able to donate, but I love watching uh, either – at work or school, I, I watch it either love or at work, school. You watch during love, too? Dog. Hey, now that's flattering. That's flattering. You know, I was thinking Marvin Gaye, right? Little Huddle Up podcast, turn the candles on. <laughs> the Huddle Up pod after dark. For real, though, appreciate happens. you, Christian. Yeah, you we missed you, too. Uh, okay, let me see where we're at here. Um. Lawrence says, if we don't get screens in our game, it's going to be a long season. Well, Zach, you know, we were singing the praises, even though we were cautious in it. We were trying not to get everyone's hopes up too much. But in that first preseason game at Minnesota, Shermer was cooking things up in a very kind of loosey-goosey in a good way. Like in a, you know, he, he it wasn't the same old canned three wide, you know, 11 personnel uh, boring, same old, predictable offense. Like he was doing some different things. A lot of play action for Drew. Um, screens, getting a lot of different guys involved. 
I hope it plays out that way in future because, yeah, yeah, you need to be able to execute a screen. And, Zach, that has been a big problem for these Denver Broncos since, honestly, since the Peyton Manning-Demarius Thomas connection. They, they had their screen, their bubble screen game was on point, on point. I just think it's so sad that we're getting excited because the Broncos are going to call screen passes this year. I mean, it's literally football 101. Every single team from Pee Wee on up utilizes those kinds of plays and the Broncos just went absent from them last year. That is the one encouraging sign. Like you mentioned, Chad, uh, even Luke Patterson from MHH, you know, our own Luke Patterson, he was at training camp and that's one thing he noticed. I asked him, is there anything new about Shermer's scheme in year two? And he said more screen passes. The first thing that came to mind uh, for Luke. So I'm excited to see that should benefit, obviously Melvin Gordon significantly. It should benefit Javante and also Mike Boone. When he comes back, he's a reliable pass catcher. He's, Better than Philip Lindsay catching passes, so I think that'll if, if Shermer sticks to it. That's always the big thing. We have to wonder what decade are you in, Pat? Are you in 2000s, 2010s, or 2020s? It needs to be here and now. Get creative, utilize your weapons, and everything will be a okay. By the way, Diamond Rattler, appreciate you so much. Um, as I said, I hope we I hope we get to meet you here in just a couple of weeks uh, because. I'm going to be rocking that freaking medallion. I mean, I might not wear it the entire time, but I'm going to be wearing that thing with pride because it is dope. So hope to see it. Uh, Diamond says, I agree with Zach. Javante is going to be the key talking week one. And then Diamond had also said previously, thank you, MHH, for the coverage. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Um, Okay. We are at 45 minutes. We got a little bit of time here. So real quick, Zach, I just want to, you know, as as MHH continues to grow, especially on YouTube and Facebook and really across all of our channels, want to make sure everyone knows how to connect with us, all right, on social media, because as much as we love and look forward to these streams and these dialogues every single night, uh, we want to also keep the conversation going. And one of the ways to do that, to keep that chat going with you guys is on social media. So connect with us on Twitter. The main pod account is at huddle up pod. Our main channel, of course, at mile high huddle, Zach Kelberman on Twitter at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. And then guys also check out the merch store. When you get a second, we've got some cool designs that our graphics guy just came up with. that are going to be coming down the pike this week. So maybe you hold off and wait till you see what those are. Maybe you go there and get yourself a football priest t-shirt or a huddle up pod hat or an MHH hoodie, little something for everybody. It's another way to support what we're doing here. Huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. And then also guys, um, give us a follow on Facebook, the huddle up podcast page on Facebook, navigate on your browser, facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod. And then you want to become a supporter all right, of MHH on Facebook because it gets you access to our premium podcast content that we reserve for the supporters on Facebook. And we're going to be doing that for YouTube here very soon. But in the meantime, if you want access to Kelberman's corner every Sunday at noon, that's Zach hot takes at hold water alongside Kim Becker. If you want access to Broncos book club with yours truly, if you want access to the trickle zone with Eric, click the big blue button at the top of the mile high huddle Facebook page, sign up. It's five bucks a month and you're in like Flint. All right. And then also, last thing, last thing, we need you guys to head on over to Apple Podcasts. Even if you like check out the show live every night and it's on YouTube or you're on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, most people, I see it in our analytics, Zach, it's like more than 80% of the people who read our articles, listen to our stuff, are using an Apple product to do so, whether it's an iPhone, an iPad, whatever. 
So you probably have an app, uh, uh, iTunes or an Apple Podcast account. So go give us a five-star review because starting we're now that the football season's here, we're, do, we're starting this tradition up again. We're going to randomly give away swag each and every month to people who have given us five-star reviews on Apple. All right. So, Ronnie, what's up, dude? From your perspective, what makes a better NFL head coach, offensive-minded or defensive-minded? You know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but if, let's just look at the last few Super Bowl champions, all right? Bruce Arians, offensive-minded. Uh, Andy Reid, offensive-minded. Uh, then you got the Patriots. Belichick's a defensive guy. And he's like a unicorn, uh, right, as it relates to any kind of coaching because, you know, he is even more so than Vince Lombardi. He's the best head coach of all time. As much as it pains me to say that, it's true. Uh, who came before uh, Belichick? You get to Gary Kubiak, right, who was uh, – well, you got uh, – Doug Peterson. Thank you. And then Kubes, so two offensive guys. If you go back through the, through the history books, I would – hazard to guess that that's not just a recent trend i would hazard to guess the majority of the world champions in the nfl have been offensive minded head coaches zach so what's your answer for ronnie well it seems that the offensive minded guy has a franchise quarterback and when you have a franchise quarterback it makes things a world easier um it's it's not a universal, you know, one-size-fits-all answer here. I think having the right coach, whether that's offensive-minded or defensive-minded, that's the answer. I mean, if Fangio can learn to be an entire head coach, I think he can be a good one in Denver, but he hasn't grasped that job. He's still focusing on defense, and you have to focus on uh, way more aspects than that. But I think if you look at the data, it, it tells you, like you just laid out, Chad, it's a passing league now. It's an offensive league and that's where you have to gravitate toward. If you don't have a franchise quarterback, at least have a franchise offensive-minded head coach who can goose up your, your current quarterback and make him something. Look at Kyle Shanahan. Jimmy Garoppolo got the Niners to a Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo. That's a direct result. Great defense, but a direct result of having a young, creative, offensive-minded coach. I think that's the way the wind is blowing in the, in the NFL. By the way, Simon is... Setting the record straight, it's pronounced Weeb, not Weeby in Canada. American Weebies pronounce it Weeby. So it's Simon Weeb. Good to know. Thank you for that clarification. Alex, hey, dude, let's go. Get that GPA. Uh, keep that GPA north of a 3-0. He says, my dad said he'll fly him and I out to Denver for a home game if I graduate with a 3-0 or better GPA in college. I have a 3-7 so far. Props. Good job. Can't wait to experience the Denver home games. Yeah, keep that keep that going, my friend. Man, I would have um, killed for that. <laughs> Three yeah. seven. Yeah. Good See, for here's, you, Alex. Here's what's weird about me and as it relates to like school. I love learning. I love reading. I hated school. Hated it in high school. Hated it in college. Right there with you. Something about the structure of it. Probably have a little bit of an authority, you know, authority complex or something. I don't know but I hate being forced into a box where you're telling me I have to learn this or I have to know this. But if I can just gravitate to the things that interest me, uh, I will learn everything there is to know about those topics. But either way, you know, if you're going to go to college, you got to do the work, you got to show up, you got to take care of business. So Alex props to you, my friend, um, Zach, real quick on the subject of offensive defensive minded coaches, we can't look past the reality that, if you look at the NFL predating the merger all the way up until the era I'm about to tell you, it was probably, and again, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but 
I would guess that it was predominantly defensive-minded coaches that were leading the charge. That changed with Bill Walsh. That changed with the genius, right? And from the eight, and I guess you could throw in maybe, uh, well, no, that's that's not true. But Bill Walsh is the guy that I think kind of opened the eyes of everyone else in the league. The, the scales fell off the eyes. And from then on out, it was really about, you know, that was the beginning of the proliferation of the offensive revolution in the league and why ultimately, Zach, the NFL became that 800-pound gorilla that no other professional sports league can touch. Offense sells tickets. Offense gets butts in seats. Bill Walsh kind of kicked off that that new trend. And with only a few exceptions, that's just – I mean, Bill Belichick really – I mean, I'm trying to – I'm racking my brain now because even the 2000 Baltimore Ravens were led by an offensive-minded head coach in Brian Billick. So Bill Belichick's really the exception to the rule as it relates to – you know, how the, how the uh, sauce gets made. I'd say Dungy. That's the only other defensive minded guy who won a title. So uh, um, I I don't know. I I think it's, that's the way the NFL is trending and and the expression, like you just hit on Chad, you know, offense sells tickets, defense wins championships. I don't think not so much anymore. I think you have to have a quarterback, but failing that you have to have a guy calling plays that can maximize your potential even if you don't have a quarterback, because it's a pass-first league. It's an offense-first league. It's shifted dramatically in the last 10, 15 years. Scott brings up another one here. Jimmy Johnson was defensive-minded, right? So there's a few, but they're the, they're the exception to what is the rule. So it just makes you kind of question, even more so, if the decision that John Elway and company made back in 2019 to hire Vic. But then again, Zach, if you look at the people that they were interested in, Brian Flores, Mike Munchak, Dave Tobe. No, Dave Tobe wasn't in that round. He, he was, was in the previous round. BJ. Yeah. Who am I missing? Uh, uh, Chuck Pagano. Pagano, yeah. And Zach Taylor, right? And Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor, Mike Munchak's obviously an offensive guy, but he's an offensive line guy. He wasn't some X's and O's offensive coordinating tactician. He was an organizational, buttoned-up guy, knows how to lead a team guy. You know, At least that's how he started in Tennessee before things started going sideways on him because of quarterback problems. But nevertheless, Zach Taylor was really the only – because Brian uh, uh, Flores is more of a defensive guy, unless I missed my mark on him. So Zach Taylor was the only guy they really entertained in that go-round. And then if you go back the, to the previous cycle with VJ. It was a special teams guy, defensive guy, and one yeah. offensive guy. Yeah, and we all know that they swung and missed on that one, Zach. Badly. Yeah. And you know what, though? I don't want a defensive guy, but going back, I would take Brian Flores over Vic Fangio. He he maximizes his potential. He gets the most out of his team. He doesn't have the flubs and the, and the situational mismanagement of Vic Fangio. Every single person in Miami's locker room buys into him. I mean, what other coach? Can you imagine Fangio midseason? You're winning with your veteran quarterback, and you pull him for a younger guy, a rookie, and Tua in that case. Vic couldn't do that and and get away with it and have the support of the locker room. I don't think Brian Flores did. So you can't second guess it. It is you know revisionist history now. Looking back on it, they have to hope though that year three, no more excuses. They get the guy they thought they were hiring over the other candidates. All right, here's Lord Deer, and then we got to start winding her down and, and hop on out of here for tonight. But Lord Deer up in Canada, thank you. By the way, if you're on Twitter, connect, because every time that you uh, join the conversation via Super Chat, after the show, I try to include you in the shout-outs. And I do include you, but I can't tag you on Twitter because I don't know what your account is. So connect, do one of these in the 
mentions for us here, and uh, we'll be sure to tag you as a, as a small thank you for the support. But he says, uh, the theme the last few drafts was team captains. I didn't notice if we followed that again this year. How long before that leadership pays dividends this year? Interesting, interesting question. I don't think that really was <clears throat> a uh, guiding theme in this class. I'm going trying to go through my mental Rolodex here. But yes, the last vestiges, <clears throat> pardon me, of the Elway Matt Russell front office ethos was, hey, how do we turn the ship around? Because they had swung and missed on a bunch of athletes that had questionable heart in terms of how important football was to them in 2017. That class was just atrocious. Living so they legend. said for in 18 uh, and 19, we're going to draft seniors. We're going to draft leaders. We're going to draft team captains. We're going to only draft guys whose intangible qualities are commensurate with their physical gifts. We could go through the numbers here, um, but I don't know. the. I'm not as, as versed yet on the complete bios of, you know, Sertan, obviously leader, but from Pookie to the third rounders, fourth, fifth, I'd have to circle back on that one. You know what that's called, though? Drafting for need. And I understand wanting team captains or four-year players with experience, but I think they went a little overboard. And the Josie Jewell class personified that to me. They went out of their way to find team captains and good leaders, and that can only take you so far. I talked about this on KK today. I was asked about Teddy Bridgewater's leadership. I said, there's no stat column for leadership. It can only take you so far. It's nuts on the table. What have you done? A production-based business. So I want players, obviously you want good people, you don't want bad apples, but I want players that can play. I want players that are the best at their position and they're playing for the Broncos, whether they're a leader or not. I think much is made of that, Chad, and a lot of it is cliche and intangibles that you can't measure. The queen jumping in here. We've got the Duchess. We've got the queen of MHH and Christy. Yes, the first game is later. I, I almost said, hey, we're in game week. But then I thought about it. I'm like, can I actually say that? Because technically game one is on the first day of next week. But I'm going to still say it. We're in game week, all right? Tomorrow kicks off a prep week, Monday. Uh, and it's all about take down the Giants. And so that is just so exhilarating. It's so cool. You know, it's it's like being the kid that has just been counting down the days to Christmas. And then suddenly it's Christmas Eve and you can't believe it's finally here. That's what it feels like yeah. for us nerds, Denver Broncos weirdos that just obsess about the team. This feels like a long off season too. Maybe because we're getting back to normal and last year was so marred by the pandemic and by injuries, but we've all been hyped for this season. Regardless of which side of the aisle you fall on when it comes to the quarterbacks, Christy, I'm right there with you. The the excitement is building and you know, whether you support Teddy or not or Fangio or not the Broncos will attain a lot of success this year. And I think Chad and I both think they're going to be in the playoff hunt. Fair point here. It is game week because the NFL opener is Thursday. So that's right. Booyah. All right, guys. Uh, I literally jumped out of a moving vehicle, tumbled, rolled up my driveway with my lappy. All right. Ran to my office, turned on the lights. Here I am. Uh, Zach can vouch for this. This is, this is perfectly true. My ring camera in the front of my house on the doorbell could also provide video evidence of that drop and roll that I did out of a moving vehicle. But for now, just suffice it to say, I got to go. Thanks to each and every one of you. Love you. Appreciate you. We're going to announce Wednesday night, Zach, the uh, 
we'll do the uh, raffle. We'll do it live here on camera Wednesday night. And uh, we'll also reveal what the new, what, what this month, September's goal is going to be. That's going to include both Facebook and YouTube that every single super chat, every single star donation on Facebook, it all counts toward that goal. It's going to be unified Facebook and YouTube all working toward the same deal. So look forward to that and have a great start to your week. And, and Zach, great, great to be here with you, my dog. Sign as us always. off. Yes, sir. You as well, Chad. I hope you have a good rest of your night and tend to your family. I want to make uh, one final quick announcement. I saw, I, I think Michaela brought it up, so I want to you know, answer her question. About the fantasy draft and the fantasy league, the, guy, the league, guys, is full now. I appreciate a lot of you have reached out to me through email or DMs. I couldn't accommodate everyone. It was first come, first serve, so I hate having to tell you guys it's full. The draft will be, as I've told you, Tuesday night, this coming Tuesday at 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern, set in stone. The only thing is about the Fantasy League that I'm waffling on. I think instead of a, in lieu of a buy-in, $50 buy-in, I think we're going to have really cool prizes made up. I'm thinking of doing a, an extravagant trophy giveaway for the first place winner, uh, gifts for the second and third place winner. So that's what I'm mulling right now i'll have more information on that but keep in mind guys for those in the league the draft is tuesday six o'clock mountain eight o'clock eastern gonna be a gas i'm not gonna be in the league i just i got i'm juggling too much stuff i wouldn't it wouldn't be fair trust me for me to be in the league for competitive integrity's purposes like i just i'm not gonna be able to keep an eye on things with this new baby and everything too so uh, Zach is going to represent with a plum. So, hey, guys, get after it. Let's see who wins this thing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, guys. But in the meantime, until we see you guys tomorrow night for the Huddle Up Pod, be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter. That's your one-stop shop for Broncos news, analysis, rumors, transactions, film breakdowns, and so much more at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't already, go to huddleuppod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself, as Chad's wearing a football priest hat, get yourself a shirt, hoodies. Now that we're coming into fall now, anything and anything, anything and everything you can imagine is in that store. Be sure to check it out. Also, facebook.com slash Huddle. Become a supporter. Big blue button, as we talked about, three VIP shows that you would be granted exclusive and instant access to. Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone. Really good stuff. More on the way for our Facebook supporters also facebook.com slash my pod like that page and follow that page if you haven't go to apple podcast and leave a five-star review get yourself a ticket in the raffle we're giving away swag every single month so we look forward to doing that and rewarding our great listeners but if you can't do any of those things guys we ask these three things that take literally five seconds subscribe like and share this video you're watching right now and every single freaking video you see on the mhh channel it helps us grow and reach more broncos country and bring more people into the huddle as we've come to be known chad we're off though until tomorrow night have a great rest of your labor day weekend stay safe and as always go broncos you've been listening to the huddle up podcast Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.